0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first official Bear Necessities mock draft extravaganza. With me, my name is Austin, and with me is my co-host Reese. Reese, how are you feeling this week?
1: Gracious, <laughs> gracious. As always, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, definitely gracious. I mean, I am gracious to be on here, but. Um, It's, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. This has to be one of the most exciting uh, times of the year, I think, for football. Of my life. (laughs) Right, of my life. In total so far. Um, But it's definitely exciting building up to the draft. I mean, it just... Um, like he's like we always constantly say through this Bears off season, you know, it feels like this off season is the biggest one yet. <laughs> and the yeah. and of course, um, you know, the draft is a huge part of that. So, you know, building up to it, I'm excited to see, you know, what strategy uh Ryan poles and you know the rest of that new front office uh decide to go and, you know, if we're gonna be aggressive, be a little bit more passive and in general just kinda wanna see how um what kind of players they end up targeting. You know, and w- We've been getting a lot of
0: emails lately to uh, our bare necessities email that's in our description that's intended for business inquiries. But every once in a while, we'll hear someone, they'll send us, they'll be like, hey, when's this mock draft coming out? Uh, I look forward to this day like uh, I look forward to the birth of my firstborn child. Um, And (laughs) Yeah, right on. It's today. So (laughs) congratulations. We're finally here. Uh, It's a big day for everyone, so if you're in the car, make sure your seatbelt is buckled, and uh, let's go ahead and get rolling. Reese, what strategy uh, first? I I think it's actually important for us to say like what platform, because a lot of people just like put together mock drafts. We actually try to use the simulators a little bit. Um, What platform did you use to simulate it, and what kind of strategy uh, are you applying?
1: Yeah. I use that pro football network, uh, mock draft, uh, simulator, um, plebeian, <laughs> right. Mostly because, uh, just that pro f- or the PFF, you know, uh, you know, lets you do like the first three rounds and I, I was not buying a membership. Uh, I don't, I don't need the <laughs> PFF membership. Um, but yeah, I decided to roll with this one. I think overall my strategy was, um, it was very conservative, honestly. I was I did make a trade, but it was not um, in the first, second, or third rounds. Um, I moved um, pick one fifty 150 to one fifty one, so did not take a big slide back, um, and picked up a extra you know seventh rounder to round us out with another pick in the draft. Um, but I didn't make any kind of bold moves. Didn't try to package the you know the second round picks and to make them anything more. Um, so I really just kind of tried to roll and give what the, what the draft, uh, gave me.
0: Yeah. And I used, uh, fan speaks, uh, mock draft simulator, which, you know, isn't the prettiest, but they actually have the best features in my opinion. Uh, and I actually paid for it a long time ago and you just don't need ever need to renew your subscription, I guess. So, uh, I just have it still. Um, and that's what I've used for a very long time and I find it to be fairly accurate and oftentimes more accurate than uh, a lot of other simulators. A big thing that they do that I like um, is they actually have a collection of big boards from like their analysts. And one of the features you can do is allow each team to use a random big board. Um, So it adds a lot more variety rather than each team picking the best player for need. Um, which I really like. And it, you can kind of see players fall and, you know, um, I just find it to be yeah. the most useful. Uh, and I, I, I think similar to you, I I, I tried to keep it pretty uh, conservative as I think that's how the bears are going to approach this draft. Um, but I, I did do a couple more trades.
1: Yeah. And I think honestly, it's probably good that we both use different simulators. I mean, just to get even more of that variety um, because I can certainly speak to the fact that just some of the simulators, um, some of the players are going to be far too high and some of them are going to be unrealistically low. <laughs> it's kind of just, it, it's, they're never right on. Um, I, it's a simulation. It's certainly, um, not ever going to be one to one, but some of them are more off than others. So at least we got even a little bit more variety in the, in the way that the simulators work as well.
0: Yeah. We're, we're covering, we're covering all of our edges and making sure you guys get the most realistic experience as we always do on the of Cities podcast, by the way, Uh, If you get a chance, please leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, whichever you're listening on. Um, It really does help us five-star rating and review. Um, Very, very helpful. We see a huge uptick in our audience viewership. Uh, Every single time you guys leave one, and as you know, uh, if you leave us a written rating and review, we will read it out on the podcast. So go ahead, leave your Instagram or Twitter handle uh, and let us know what you think about the show or give us a funny take or... Uh, whatever you may have it. So uh, Reese, you want to kick this off?
1: Yeah. Uh, So as is just uh, started off with the 39th pick in the NFL draft and had the bears taking Christian Watson uh, out of North Dakota Mm. state. Um, You know, Maybe not a necessity to take him at 39, um, but I do think that as far as just kind of like raw potential goes heading into this draft, I mean, he certainly has a lot of upside. Um, I think when you think about pairing him into, you know, kind of the Bears current (laughs) wide receiver structure, which isn't much, I, I do think that he finds a role. I don't think he's too like to like to anything that we currently have now. Um, I know some people like I've seen the, you know, he's the next Kevin White kind of deal. Um, I, I think that there's a lot more hope as far as him being able to to complete routes and run them precisely. He's already shown um, signs of that already. And I think as far as the athletic ability, um, just all around versatility, he just had, he's just that kind of athlete that, you know, just works out so well in the, in, you know, the modern day NFL offense.
0: Yeah. And I agree with a lot of what you said there. And I think how uh, we'll do it. Is we can. You can read through each pick and then I'll go through my pick, my mock draft afterwards. But just a reaction to Christian Watson on the top pick. I like it. Um, we need a wide receiver desperately. Christian Watson is likely to be the best one available at our pick um, or one of the best ones available, I should say. Uh, kind of not in that super elite class. I know some of us are herping, hoping that uh, Traylon Burks or uh, Jameis Williams.
1: Uh, jameson williams.
0: jameson williams thank you um jameson williams falls but uh that would, that would be kind of uh we'd, we'd get very lucky there, almost as lucky as we got with uh you know justin fields falling to us and us being able to trade up for him um with christian watson his he's a big dude really good uh really good speed good movement ability the critique on him is his route running is very raw, which is why some people say he's similar to Kevin White. I think that there's a little bit of a difference here where as Kevin White, he reminds me a little more of like Equinemius St. Brown when he was running routes because the way Equinemius St. Brown, current bear actually, funny enough, uh, ran, runs his routes is they're very rounded. You know, they're not sharp. They're not cutty either. They're very rounded. Whereas Christian Watson... He does. he's very raw with his route running ability, but he shows the movement capabilities to become a good route runner. It's just he hasn't displayed that yet. And part of that could be that he played at North Dakota State.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's certainly not perfect. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I think he's shown enough versatility in his route running, at least, you know, in the way, and the, the way that he can be used within the offense that at least makes me hopeful um, that he understands the concepts. And it's just a matter of kind of technique and footwork and kind of breaking off at the, at the tip of the route, you know, at the, at the proper, you know, break in the route. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, there's certainly room for improvement. Um, I would say kind of of the wider receivers that will probably be available there. I'd feel He's the one that has the probably highest potential to be like that, you know, true number one or like star level wide receiver one. I think everyone else kind of after, you know, the first round takes care of the wide receivers. I think it's kind of getting to, you know, they might be a first wide receiver, but probably be a steady two in the league. Yeah, for sure. So following up with that, this is kind of where I decided to play a little bit of an interesting strategy just because, uh, in my simulator, it was what was available. Um, so I decided to take George Pickens. And I think to some people, this okay. this might sound like an idiotic strategy. Why would you double up on receivers? You know, the pick could definitely be used on an interior offensive lineman, something more needed. Um, but I think kind of a little bit what I followed up with with Christian Watson, saying that he's the one that may be the one. I think that you know someone like Pickens. I don't think there's any certainty that he's a number one wide receiver, but I think you really like his skill set that you've seen um, and what he can add to the offense. And I think it gives you variability. Um, Mooney, Darnell Mooney can definitely play outside, but it gives you the ability to shuffle him inside, maybe move him around on the field. Um, and now you have two you know highly skilled wide receivers um, to throw to Justin Fields' aid, and it just adds more variability to what you can do with your offensive scheme.
0: Yeah, and I also like the idea of them battling it out for that wide receiver one spot. Um, I actually really like the idea of double dipping out wide receiver in round two. Um, I didn't do it in my mock draft, but I, I think that it's, a, it, it's a, a really good option that the Bears are going to at least have to consider, especially when you consider they can double dip there maybe get a wide receiver later in the draft too. And now they have a really depthy young wide receiver room that can grow alongside Justin Fields. Um, And George Pickens, everyone on the podcast already knows how much I like him. Um, I think that having that competition there for that wide receiver one position would be perfect.
1: Yeah. I think it would be, um, you know, very entertaining to watch and, you know, I almost feel like too, it's like you take two swings at him, and maybe this is just really improper logic, but you take two big swings at it like you just got a higher percentage of really making one stick um, yeah but, and
0: you know that justin Fields will have someone good to throw to
1: yeah exactly and you know there's a chance that both of them could work out and that's you know best case scenario at least until mm-hmm. they get to their contract years and then you <laughs> you gotta make a decision there um but um, if that's the the predicament that the bears find themselves in we're definitely a step above where we are now
0: <laughs> yeah that would that would be welcome it's kind of like when bears fans were like oh my god i can't believe we didn't get an offensive head coach what happens when the offense is elite and then all of a sudden our offensive coordinator gets poached like let's slow it down first
1: we have to have the lead <laughs> offense <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good place to start at least you know
0: yeah exactly okay
1: i like it so far yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I will say, admittedly, my next pick isn't one that like I'm absolutely in love with, but I, I almost felt a little pressured to pick interior offensive lineman here, um, so I, I decided to go with offensive guard Ed Ingram, someone that can p- kind of play either guard position. He can play left guard, he can play right guard. Um, so he has in a, the
0: third round, correct? Yeah, this is the third round, exactly. Pick? Okay. This
1: is pick seventy-one. Um, so yeah, with pick seventy-one, guy, I'm going Ed Ingram. I think he's someone that. As far as his ability and pass protection, he's fairly strong in it. I think that his biggest knock really comes into what he can do in the run game. Uh, Sometimes his footwork and, you know, they they talk about with offensive linemen, you know, do like the the top half and the bottom half of the body work in unison. He's someone that sometimes it gets Mm -hmm. a little bit um, out of. Fluidity. Yeah, a little bit out of sorts there. Um, but he's able to generate pop, you know, he's someone that kind of off, off the snap is able to get up in the face of, um, the defensive lineman, you know, right in front of that tackle, um. And he's got, he's got, you know, nice shoulders, you know, great. I think he's got good use of his hands and it has a great like physical trait as far as like his hands and his hand strength. So I think that in general, just as far as adding some aggression to this offensive line, getting able to move, um, it would be perfect. I just see the maybe the biggest incompatibility being, um, you know, I think this offense is really going to emphasize running the ball and running the ball properly. Um, He might not be the perfect fit, but I think it's, Decent value at this pick,
0: (laughs) yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ed Ingram as a player in general, just because I don't know if he's going to have the mentality that Polis wants. Um, but as far as the need for an interior offensive lineman, cannot judge you there at all,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And I I think that, um, yeah, it it can't be, it's certainly a glaring need. I mean, currently, the offensive line and we'd kind of know it. I'd be shocked if at some point in the draft, the Bears didn't take a guard and I'd be, you know, reasonable. Uh,
0: the, the Ryan Pace approach
1: right. to offense. And I'd line. be reasonably <laughs> shocked if it doesn't happen with one of those first three picks. I mean, I feel like it's just... Yeah odds are to be that way. Um, and I think that, you know, if you come across Ed Ingram, I think there's at least that ability of coachability, um, and to be able to, to get them to work the way that you want. It's just not optimal. Um, for sure. But kind of moving on to, um, another need with the 148th pick, uh, have the bears taking tree Castro fields corner out of Penn state Someone that I think that has a good bit of upside, um, not something that's extremely pertinent in this defense is his ability to play man coverage. Um, he's fairly strong at being able to play that up in the press because he's a rather tall corner. He's about six um, very physical. Yeah. Very physical kind of guy. And I think that's mainly um, why I could see the bears taking him Is his physicality. Um, there could be a little bit more effort as far as chasing down uh, people on the run. Um, he's not amazing in run support, but I think as far as overall physicality and you know the strength he's going to bring to the game, he's a solid tackler. Um, and you know he plays all right in zone. I think people are a little bit um, a little bit too critiqueful of him, basically kind of citing he has like average spatial awareness. I think he's a little bit better um, than you know some people give him credit for. Uh, the only really red flag I saw is, you know, a little bit of a weakness on double moves and coverage, um, bit a little bit of hard and there's some tape of him this past year, uh, giving up some pretty big plays on that. But I think as far as size and skill, and actually he even ran like a four three eight forty, I believe. So he has like a great blend of athletic traits. And I think that, um, with that 148th pick, I think he would be a very solid pickup, um, and, and give that bears, uh, cornerback room that bears secondary another added boost um, we definitely need to, to fill a couple holes in there i think that you know jalen johnson and i think we have some depth corners that can make it happen in the nickel and throughout the rest of it but we need someone that's going to be uh, viable in that second cornerback
0: yeah the bears right now they currently have one outside corner and about three nickel corners <laughs> right um so uh kind of an interesting predicament we have right now Um, so yeah, no, I, I, uh, as far as need goes, completely agree with the need and also very much so like the player, um, especially getting him. what is that in the fifth round?
1: 148. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah.
0: So getting him in the fifth round, I mean, that would be huge.
1: Yeah. I think that's great. Great value there. Um, so moving on after that, I had them. Going to you know maybe not as glaring of a need, um, but I think certainly something that will be welcome on the defense, and that's bringing in defensive tackle Audio Agbonia um, from UCLA, um, someone that. Uh, is very it's very well noted in his tape and, and in kind of his his draft profile. Um, someone that's not great on the pass rush and is not going to be a great nose tackle. Uh, but I think in the four three that Matt e- or the you know general defense um, is going to run you know with the Bears. I think that he's going to fit in well. Um, I think that the Bears would certainly still have to bring in some more help, but he's someone that you know stuffs the run. Just exceptionally well, and I, I just feel like on this Bears defense, I think that really one of the bigger emphasis, bigger points of emphasis, um, and one of the bigger weaknesses that hasn't really been talked, what wasn't you know talked about at length, you know, for this Bears defense in the past was just shutting down the run. Um, he's someone that you know puts in great effort, good worker, with you know high football character. I think that. You know, with that being said, it's something that melds what Eberflus, what he wants to instill in the team and even more so, um, you know, in the defense. And he does really good at getting into, you know, sliding into that a gap and and, and filling uh, that hole and can shut down runs, you know, get some tackles for losses there. So I think that he's someone um, that, you know, he has, you know, red flags are going to have, you know, some concerns um, with players at the at these picks, which this was the 151, by the way, that I drafted with the Chargers um, to move back from 150, uh, and then gained a seventh round pick. Um, so I think that there you go. I think with that being said, I think he'd be a great pickup here. It's just someone that can be, um, at the very least, a great role player on the defense.
0: Yeah, I completely uh, agree with your assessment of him. And listen, he, as much as we don't like to say it, I think defensive tackle is still kind of a sneaky need on this team. Um, I think we have some players, and I don't know if uh, anyone saw the recent video of uh, Kairos Tonga, but he's lost a lot of weight. So he's looking to get in that more um, three-technique defensive uh, tackle position. I guess that would be more two-technique. Yeah, it would be two-technique defensive tackle position. Um, Listen, like that's the most important part of your Flus' defense. He's on record saying that we have Justin Jones right now and Mario Edwards Jr. Not a great cast. Not a great cast for the most important position on your defense. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be really good to draft a player at that position. Or just go back and re-sign Larry uh, Ojanobi at a lower deal. Best case scenario.
1: I think even going out and doing both, you know, especially if it's Ojanobi on a lesser deal, go out and still draft that. It's... Get some real depth. I mean, not only do you mm-hmm. need um, two interior defensive linemen um, in the four-three scheme, but it's great to have depth at it, and especially to have that ability. Um, you know, that you know, the front four, the front seven in general in the NFL is so important in the defense. It can honestly, a great front seven can make up for a lot of holes in the secondary. And when it comes to stopping the run, like you're going to need some some great personnel there to shut it down. So I think that um, they wouldn't be mistaken making that pick at 151. Um, and then moving on to... And then the
0: the um, run defense for this team has been good over the past two years. Not like how it was in 2018,
1: 2019. Yeah. And, and I think that it's just been, especially too, it's kind of just been inopportune at times too. You know, just like late in the game, I think sometimes they show a little bit too much of a weakness with it. Um, you know, of course, they by no means were they like the worst in the league, but I think certainly room for improvement. For sure. Um, so moving on to the 186th pick, I have the Bears taking Kanai Muaga, uh, inside linebacker from USC. Um, I think this is also um, would be another solid pick for them um, and kind of those, one of those defensive needs that are, you know, I wouldn't even say so sneaky. I mean, they need a, a more inside linebackers um, someone that's just a really high motor guy, great effort in pursuit. Um, I think that as far as what they want in a run stopping linebacking core, he'd really help, um, complement Roquan Smith and just being able to really shut down teams runs and then allow, you know, the defense to go to work on second and third downs. Um, you know, he's fooled by misdirection at times, but I think that just kind of overall shows his pursuit off of his initial read, which I think is just Kind of reinforcing that you know he should go with his instincts. Uh, he's gonna make the occasional mistake, but he's kind of not like a not boom or bust kind of player. But he's gonna be someone that can be making some impactful plays, and you know maybe a couple plays later he might get a little bit burn per se i mean not huge he doesn't have, he's not a big um a big play like weakness or liability on the defense um he has good reaction too is mainly what i like um just reading reading the play overall and uh, reacting to fill that gap as quick as possible. So, I think that overall, I think it would help fill that need. It would certainly need to be complemented more through free agency, um, possibly with some um, undrafted free agents as well. And, you know, probably even more help in just for the free agency market in general. Uh, but I think getting Kenai would be a, a good start in building depth at that position. We need more linebackers. I mean, for as much as this is made of this wide receiver
0: position, linebacker is almost identical to that position. This team has a lot of depth needs. Um, So going and getting a guy at a a position of depth and what was that? The seventh round um, I think is well worth it.
1: Yeah. I think that was their last sixth round
0: oh okay so you still have one more pick yeah yeah
1: so my last pick was pick 213 uh, via trade um, was Dylan Parnum the guard from Memphis um, someone that I talk about on our prior podcast actually um, and certainly doesn't come without his flaws I think technically he's maybe not the best one out there uh, but I think that he's someone that has potential and I was kind of quite surprised to have him available here in the seventh round I think that'd be um, quite a dramatic slide for him so I'm not not. Not sure if there's something that I'm totally missing on him. Um, It's a, it's a massive uh, red flag ahead of the draft, but I think, um, you know, to get him in the seventh would be great value. Um, And to even look at him as a depth piece uh, would be great. Um, And I think that when you package that with getting him in Ed Ingram, um, Ed Ingram kind of being able to play either guard position, you really start to solidify that um, probably feel a lot more confident about the inside of that offensive line.
0: Hate the pick. Yeah terrible no i'm just kidding uh yeah no i i agree i we need offensive linemen man, and like i i in the seventh round you're probably not going to get your next you know you're probably not going to get the next quentin nelson but you can add some depth pieces um and you know i that's why i think a lot of these late picks should be offensive linemen wide receivers linebackers um just because we need to kind of fill out the depth there even though um I guess with your mock draft, we filled out that wide receiver position. Um, you don't necessarily need the wide receiver, but still good to add in those depth pieces of wide receiver or guard or whatever it may be. So I like yeah. that you double dip there. At
1: guard. And I tell you what, it was kind of hard not kind of just going with the one wide receiver and trying to grab someone like Mechie later. I mean, I yeah. honestly like that idea or even grabbing someone like Alec Pierce, you know, when he's available, um, but I think that, you know, if you have the option to go out there and get Christian Watson and then, you know, George Pickens is still there when you get to you that that it. second pick, I think that's it's, it's really hard to to pass that up, at least in my mind. Um, of course, we're going to have to see, you know, how that, you know, the GM, Ian Cunningham, or uh, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham, uh, the assistant GM, you know, really kind of sort things out um, and how they prioritize things and, you know ultimately what their scouting reports on these guys are maybe they know something that's you know concerning that we don't see but i think that at least in my eyes that would be a home run from the start and then kind of yeah just trying to build um i think that the offensive offensive line specifically that guard position uh was certainly a a priority that I felt like I needed to have filled. And then from that point on, it was kind of, um, getting, you know, great value depth players that are going to help fill out those positions where, um, there's still quite a bit of need as far as just honestly getting some, um, filling some of those spots on the depth chart, but doing it with purpose, not just filling it to Mm -hmm. fill it. Um, I think that, you know, that's kind of one thing that we've done, and for pace, sometimes that worked out. Um, but it seemed like at times we were just kind of picking depth players to get depth players. Um, and I think that really making these picks more purposeful and getting them to fit, um, the mold of what this coaching staff wants is, you know, extremely important.
0: And I think that. Ryan polls is from a regime that really heavily values best player available. Um, for instance like with when Creed Humphrey's last year fell they didn't really need need a center you know they they said they had a guy that was an okay center not a great center but they then they had that option it wasn't a need need so it wouldn't surprise me if we see the bears go a little bit like i think they'll still consider need but it wouldn't surprise me if we also are just consistently drafting the best player available. Luckily for the Bears, with those top two picks, I think the wide receiver is pretty deep in the second round. So I think that we could see a double dip at wide receiver there, even though we have that need at offensive line. People also forget that after the draft, a lot of teams will go back in and reevaluate uh, their team and then go pick up some veteran free agents that are left over. So um, it wouldn't be necessarily worst case scenario. Um, so yeah, no, I, I it's going to be really interesting to see, but should I, uh, go ahead and kick it off? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So I'm, I'm going to read it off a little bit different for you guys. I'm going to do the round and then the pick. Uh, I did have a couple of trades in this draft, but overall I tried to focus on need, but also just getting best player available. And I try to keep it realistic. And if you guys don't like where these players are getting drafted, don't, don't get mad at us get mad at these draft simulators um i'll admit there's a couple players on here that i think could have went a little higher than they did in my draft um but you just never know i mean there's a lot of times in the nfl where random things will happen uh no mock draft draft simulator wherever had dk metcalf going late second round like he did um so yeah weird yeah. things happen
1: yeah I'm uh, Miles Jack too. I remember that from a few years yeah. back too. That was a slide that I think a lot of mock drafts uh, or simulators too would have not picked up on. <laughs> what team is he on now? Didn't he just change teams this he, year? He did. Yeah. I mean, of course he was drafted by the Jaguars, but did he go to Kansas City? He might have. Let me look this up real quick.
0: Yeah. Let's get let's get it. Let's get a little research on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Steelers. Browns? Steelers. Steelers.
0: Steelers. That's right. Yeah, he went to Steelers. Uh, That's a good pickup. I like that. Um, Even though I know he didn't really... I don't know. I I think that even though he did perform well with Jacksonville, a lot of people uh, thought that he would live up to a higher standard. Hence, the reason why he's on a different team now. Um, But, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Round two, pick seven, wide receiver Christian Watson. Same exact thing as (laughs) Reese. Unbelievable. Christian Watson. And listen... I will almost say that this might even be a little bit of a reach on Christian Watson because he does have so many question marks when it comes to his route running. He's going to really need to develop that. Um, and I know for a fact that a lot of teams in the NFL with Christian Watson are kind of high and low on him. Like yeah. some teams view him as being a really good prospect. And some teams are like, eh, this is Dontrell Inman 2.0. Um <laughs> So with that in mind, it's it's kind of weird. And he might be one of these guys where down the road, you're like, that was that was a tough pick for Ryan Pohl's top pick. But if he's there, uh, he just shows so much potential that like he could potentially be a top of the NFL wide receiver. And you can't really say that even for George Pickens, as much as I like George Pickens, I don't think he's going to come into the NFL and be that top of the line wide receiver. Christian Watson has that ability and adding that speed with Darnell Mooney on the field playing with Justin Fields whose best attribute is his deep ball sign me up
1: yeah and I I think that um, with Christian Watson I think that it could be potentially it could I could see you know a team reaching on him in like the first round and that being a, a mistake um, but I think, you know, where the Bears are picking at that 39th pick, I think it's, you know, right in that window where it is acceptable. Um, like you said, probably a little bit of a reach at 39. You know, some some people might not view it that way. I've, I've seen people want uh, or, or say that he'll be gone by the end of the first round. Um, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but, you know, maybe we should just uh, see how like the Eagles feel about him. Right. <laughs> you know, if they're high on him, then, you know, we'll take a solid flyer on him. And uh, if if they're not, you know, not feeling them, then, you know, it'll be a good pickup. But maybe going counter to how the Eagles would feel. I just had that joke pop in my head while while you were talking about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Uh, All right. So then my second, second round pick, trade down. I traded down with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, picked up an extra third round pick. So we ended up getting second round pick 24 and third round pick 24. For that second round pick, sixteen. By the way, a lot of people were saying that we got less than the um, than the Broncos got for Von Miller when we trade Khalil Mack. That's just not true. It, sure, there was a third and a second round pick, but they were late—a late third and a late second. We got a pretty high second round pick. Um, and when you look at like the draft value calculator, it's it actually that one pick far exceeds what the Broncos got in
1: return for. Von Miller. So and you know. and the Chargers took the contract too, which yeah. is also not talked about as that, much that, as it needs to be.
0: <laughs> that's huge too. If Khalil Mack was on a better contract, we probably could have gotten a first for him. But at this stage in his career, it, it is a tough contract, and the fact that we didn't need to swallow any of it is huge. But anyways, with that second round pick at pick twenty four, I picked up offensive tackle Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Oh yeah, that's a good one. He is an athletic dude. Uh, shows all the traits big dude has shown good technique but at times he he definitely shows he needs technical refinement Uh, but a lot of upside there and typically with offensive linemen I don't like to bet on upside but what I can bet on with Tyler Smith is he is that nasty that I think Ryan Poles is looking for getting this pick I I still hope the Bears do pick up a guy like Dwayne Brown that he could learn behind because I don't typically like betting on a rookie offensive tackle in either on either side unless it's like a first-round pick. Um, but this would allow Tevin Jenkins to move to right tackle. Larry Borum could be our swing tackle or guard if we need it. And then that th- those tackle positions look really good, uh, in my opinion. As far as like, sure, we don't have that top-end talent, but as far as potential goes and floor, I think we have a limited floor and high potential.
1: Yeah. And I think it's it's almost like a similar approach to, you know, if you did take, you know, two wide receivers in the in the second round, you know, it's kinda of similar to okay, you have Tevin Jenkins on the roster, you go out and grab Smith, boom, you know, you kinda have you just added a lot more flexibility into what and how you can approach, you know, building that offense. And to be able to, um, you know, also have someone like Borum be that swing tackle. I mean, that's it's not necessarily ideal. Um, but it's certainly a big step up and helps bring a lot of security and, you know, tackle is kind of like an interesting position on this team because I don't necessarily think this team is done with the moves that they want to make at that offensive tackle position. Um, and and there's certainly, you know, there certainly is room for improvement. So I, I would definitely like that pick.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Um, my third round pick,
0: I think a lot of Bears fans might hate. A lot of Bears fans might love anyone that pays attention to college football. I think they'll probably love it. At round three, pick seven, running back Brees Hall, Iowa State.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was hoping that you'd put him on the mock draft because I don't mind the pick personally. Um, I definitely see we'll get a lot of hate um, as far as, you know, picking up another running back. Um but, man, yeah, you're right. If you did watch college football, you know just how exciting this man can be. Um, he had 23 touchdowns two years in a row. Yeah. And that man, is he's a monster in uh, the pass game, too. I mean, yeah. he can really do whatever you want him to do offensively. 1,500
0: yards rushing and, like, 300 yards passing in each of the
1: past two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, an interesting, like if you want to talk about interesting, like ideal, like absolutely ideal, like this ends up being a home run pick would be like you get your version of like Ladanian Tomlinson because he really yeah. is just like shifty and he is just as good in the pass game as he is running the football.
0: But he, and here's the thing. He has great vision. He all, he he is a he has shiftiness. He is a little bit of a one cut runner as well, but it's because he has some amount of speed, too. Like, he, he has that speed where he can get away from defenders. David Montgomery is a great running back. Love him. Great person. Brees Hall is, in my opinion, like, what you strive for in an NFL running back. Great build. He's like 6'2", 220. Good shiftiness. Productive in college. Good vision. Good in the passing game. Oh, man. it would, like I think Brees Hall is like, Going to be the next like uh what's the Colts running back? Jonathan John Taylor, Taylor yeah. as far as production his first couple years. Maybe that's putting too high of a bar because Jonathan Taylor had a got like a insane season this past year. But like in, in that realm, like where he's kind of getting overlooked, but I think once he gets to the NFL level, he's gonna be a baller.
1: Yeah. Was this your pick that was from the Cowboys or no? Or was this the... the...
0: No, No, this is our third round pick. So round three, pick seven.
1: Imagine a scenario where he's available later in like the third round. And I don't think just David Montgomery would get you there, but some kind of package and trading David Montgomery to get the pick that you take Brees Hall with.
0: It'd be ballsy, especially (laughs) because he's a leader in the locker room. But man, (laughs) man, Brees Hall is just so good, man. And I, I just... It sticks in my head like a running back room. Running back is not a need on this team, but a running no. back room where you have Brees Hall, David Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert, and then Darrington Evans, who we picked up. Dude, that'd be sick. That you could like you can make an argument that that could be one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. It probably would be if he turns out to be good,
1: Brees Hall. Yeah, with Khalil Herbert, which I'm already pretty confident Eye on. on. I mean, yeah, yeah, that'd be nasty.
0: That'd be nasty, man. All right. And and also, David Montgomery's up for a contract. so
1: That's the one reason why I said it. But you, you brought up a great point about the leader in the locker room, which, you know, the, this coaching staff is also going to want just great character guys, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone like David Montgomery is certainly going to be welcome. So that'd be probably a tough pill for the team to swallow. Be a slap
0: in the face to a player that really... I, I think it'd be a slap in the face to a player that really kept this team grounded last year and the year before, even though we've been losing since he's gotten here.
1: Yeah. It would just be a crazy storyline though. You know, it'd be like, whoa, (laughs) for
0: sure. For sure. Uh, And you know, the, you don't win games being a nice guy. So I I guess (laughs) I can be said too. um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to round three, pick 24. This is what we get from the Cowboys. I'd be, this, this seems like a little bit of an unrealistic pick, but actually I've seen a lot of mock drafts have this player fall far because I'm, I'm not even going to say the player, but the critique on the player and this might, the bears might not even consider him because of this is that there were at times in games when they were losing that his effort dwindled, uh, R3 P P 24 wide receiver, George Pickens from Georgia, hmm.
1: Man, I mean, that would be an incredible value, I think. Um, it's unrealistic.
0: And as I'm sitting here looking at this, like I love George Pickens. I view him as a high second round pick. And even to me, I'm like, this is unrealistic. But I can also see the scenario where it happens.
1: I could, it's, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility like entirely. Um, so Especially because of the it, lack
0: of success Georgia wide receivers as of late have had in the NFL.
1: It, it's still a third round pick. It's just, personally, I wouldn't expect him to be around there. But there are scenarios that exist. You know, obviously, your your simulator played one out where he was there um, would be an excellent pick. So, well, there you go. We both ended up picking Watson and Pickens. Yeah, See,
0: and I got him at a much better value, Reese. How do you feel about that?
1: Right, and I had to sit there <laughs> and way. draft Ed Ingram.
0: <laughs> it, dude, if we hit on both Christian Watson and George Pickens, that would be crazy if the Bears draft both of them
1: yeah
0: okay so now a blah bears fans are going to hate me for this but i also here's another trade um <laughs> i traded with the san francisco 49ers to get jimmy their garoppolo. third, their <laughs> <laughs> new starter traded justin fields and a future first for jimmy garoppolo no, i'm just playing um i traded a future third round pick I trade a future fifth round pick and I trade a future seventh round pick in return for the San Francisco 49ers current third round pick, current fifth round and current fifth round pick. So the idea is that the bears are going to have a higher pick in the future. Uh, probably. I mean, given the team where its nature is, they might have a top 15 pick in the third round and fifth round next year. And we're getting the 29th pick in the third round, fifth round this year. Um, So we get an extra third and extra fifth in exchange for the trade, Uh, essentially future, but better picks and a seventh round pick. Right. Do you mind the trade before I get into the player?
1: Uh, probably not a move that I would have felt had to be done, but you know, I'm interested to see, you know, what, what caused it, you know? (laughs)
0: yeah so the bears still have a huge need at guard so i went ahead and drafted guard justin schaefer from georgia a guy that shows the mentality that you want has athleticism but i think he's one of those guys where you can't say he does anything specifically well but he's just a good player and that's why i think he falls um it's not like he's that crazy athlete um it's not like he's that crazy refined guy but he's just he's going to be an at, at minimum, an average guard in the NFL, and his ceiling is probably an average plus guard.
1: Yeah, he's a big guy too. I mean, as far as just the weight, um, that's the one thing where it's like I wasn't sure. does wasn't, he match
0: the philosophy, right?
1: I, I just like whenever I was looking at any of the guards in this class, I was like, man, I just don't know which ones fit the exact mold, you know, that they want. Um, so it's always tough to pick, but it, it's hard not to not to like what he did, and you know, that Georgia offensive line, you know, they. <laughs> Why am I blanking on the name of the quarterback that they had passing for him? Um, which
0: which one is the is the real question? <laughs> it wasn't
1: Dan. It wasn't JT. Yeah, not uh, JT
0: Daniels, the dude that won the championship yeah. that was like a walk on. I can't remember yeah. his name either.
1: I think it started with like an S in the last name, but you know they didn't. He wasn't you know. He didn't so, Slovis. No. Yeah. Right. He wasn't some big slayer. You know, so they had to get some really steady offensive line play, and they definitely got it. You know, and it's you have to take the. Um, the athletes that they're playing week in week out on the SEC schedule very seriously, and you know, for someone to to put it up with it as well as he did, I think would is certainly a tip of the cap. Um, so I think that he has certainly the right mold to succeed. I'm just curious to see if that would be the type of guard that uh, that pulls and pulls and company would pull a trigger on.
0: I think that his athleticism, even though he's big, I think he's athletic enough to make it work, and that's the reason yep. why. Like I, I view him as like being a plus athlete. He's a big dude. I th- I think he can make it work. I, I really do. So that-, that was a big reason why I picked him.
1: Yeah, I like the pick.
0: Okay, and then round five. So we don't have a fourth round pick. Round five, pick five. We went ahead and we... Oh, by the way, does anyone know why we have two fifth round picks? I don't know. I can't remember why. Is it because of that uh, trade we did We did for uh, the returner that we had?
1: Uh, Jakeem Grant. Yeah. I think it might have been.
0: Okay. That, that would make sense then. But R5, pick five. We went ahead and selected Damon Clark, LSU. Damon Clark is a good player. Uh, a, a good player. And he's a really good character guy. They call him like a student of the game. You know, as a little uh, footballism says. Um, they... They... they He's athletic. He's a good athlete. He does show some stiffness in certain areas. Um, big reason why he's falling. He probably would be like a second, third round pick, but big reason why he's falling. Uh, he had a back surgery. He's not going to play at all next year. And he has had other previous injuries as well. Um, so to me, we aren't going to have him next year, but our team isn't really looking to have a huge splash here next year, anyways. So I think getting a good value at linebacker going forward, I think Damon Clark can easily be that linebacker two or linebacker three for this team. Mike, Will, whatever you want to play him at, I think he'll exceed there. Um, I think he's just a good player.
1: Yeah, Damon Clark was certainly someone that I had come across when I was looking at Kanai Muaga, um, the inside linebacker that I had picked in my mock draft. And, you know, like you said, you're not going to get him for – this next year and there's the injury concern, but I think as far as, you know, overall effectiveness, um, you know, he's not one of the huge names in this, you know, this inside linebacker crop, you know, he's not in the Kobe Dean, the Devin Lloyd, um, the Christian Harris, you know, but I think that he certainly has an upside that um, is, you know, above possibly where he'll get picked um, because of that injury history. And I think he, you know, with the fifth round picks, it's that's the time where you want to take the roll the dice on some people. I really think I feel pretty confident about that, um, and especially if they're going to help address a need too, even though it's going to be a little bit in the future. Um, so I wouldn't mind picking up Damon Clark. I think that he certainly um, has the intangibles that this team is looking for.
0: For sure. And then my second fifth round pick. Uh, we actually have three fifth round picks, but my second of three fifth round pick. Um, which is at pick seven i pick kyle phillips from ucla big fan of kyle phillips Uh, i think he he reminds me a lot of uh hunter renfro yeah In the way that he was viewed obviously hunter renfro was a huge find but it was interesting because i remember going into the draft there was some buzz going on with hunter renfro's name like the raiders it's not like no one was talking about him like people were talking about him and then he slipped down to what like the he was a fifth or sixth round pick wasn't he Hunter Renfro? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he didn't go high. I know that. Yeah. yeah, you can search it up while I'm still talking. But I, I think he, he went like fifth, sixth round. And I think people are like, yeah, that's how where he should have went. But also, we think that he could be a really good player. And that's what Kyle Phillips reminds me a lot of. Very shifty. He's a slot wide receiver through and through. Not a very big guy, obviously, um, but but a, a, a slot player and someone that like backing up Byron Pringle, who I'm assuming will play out of the slot. Um, you know, now we have or we have, I mean, what is that now? So we're drafting three wide receivers. We have two wide receivers. We have five competent wide receivers and Equinemius St. Brown um, if you want to <laughs> categorize him that <laughs> um, and Daz some, I guess as well. So um, we're starting to build a wide receiver room that's you know got good quality and also has good quantity
1: yeah and honestly i really like the pick um hunter renfro was drafted pick 149 so fifth round um so okay. like nice and late in the Somewhere around. 2019 nfl draft with kyle phillips yeah i like the pick and even i was you know kind of plugging a player that fits that type of mold like a nice possession wide receiver because i even tossed out um what's his name uh uh, he was on the Bills this past year. He used to be on the oh, Cowboys. Oh, Cole Beasley? Cole Beasley, yeah. Um, I even sauced out his name. So I think there's certainly um, uh, a spot for a player in that role on this offense. And I think that Kyle Phillips, I think I've even heard he might rise a little bit. Um, I wouldn't expect anything crazy, but I've heard that there's definitely some fourth teams out there that like probably. him for sure.
0: I could see him going in the fourth round. Yeah. High fourth is probably his max potential. Um, I could see him slipping to the sixth as well, though. Um UCLA is just not a dynamic offense. I mean, when was the last time UCLA was relevant in football for being completely honest?
1: You are talking uh talking uh shit about Chip Kelly? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. Chip Kelly. I remember there were rumors that he was going to go to Oregon after what's it uh who left is it Mario Cristobal? He left Oregon.
1: Yes. And to went to, to Miami. Miami. Yeah.
0: yeah, after that. Dude, also I hate getting off track, but college football is so fun now. Since this whole transfer portal, people are like, "Oh, the transfer portal is going to ruin!" Oh my God, NIL is going to ruin college football, dude! College football is so much more exciting in the off season now.
1: Yeah, a college football, a college football podcast would be lit, honestly. Yeah, maybe we will do
0: that because I know both of us. I mean, Reese, you you know way more than me about college football but i I still am a fan of college football
1: i love it i live for the saturdays in the fall honestly i mean those are just some of the best days
0: (laughs) Growing, growing up as an ohio state fan back then i i did as well and now being a usc fan um i i i have had a tough time but this year every saturday i will every saturday and sunday my girlfriend can pretty much kiss her time with me on the weekends goodbye because i'm just (laughs) going to be a degenerate football watcher yeah kind of like i am on sundays also on saturdays now yeah
1: Uh, i'm sure your girlfriend has a similar experience yeah right yeah fall fall weekends are for watching football primarily you know that's that's why they exist (laughs) yeah exactly
0: that's why god made them (laughs) um Anyways, though, yeah, Kyle Phillips, good player. Next pick, uh, which is our final fifth-round pick that we got from the 49ers in the previous trade I mentioned, uh, drafting tight end Jelani Woods. 6'7". Six, 6'7". He reminds me a lot of Jimmy Graham coming out. Um, and, and people are going to associate Jimmy Graham with his Bears-Packers days. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, when he... Even, like, well, really with the Saints, but even his, like, first year or so... Uh, with with the uh, the Seahawks, uh, he he was a force to be reckoned with. Man, that that dude, he was just unstoppable. And he's just so big. Like he, Jimmy Graham was never a good route runner. He wasn't even a good blocker. He was a terrible blocker. But because yeah. he was just so big and has have that has that great movement ability, that's the exact player you're getting in Jelani Woods. He is like a modern day Jimmy Graham. And it would shock me, like even if this dude, even if his only role is gonna be to get one on ones in the red zone. He will excel at it, and I could see this dude having a hundred yards and five or six touchdowns. Like it, that would not surprise me, even in his first year. Yeah, um, I think he's gonna be a baller at the next level.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know it's a it's a pickup. Um, that just makes sense with kind of our current structure of our tight end. Like you kind of mentioned with Jimmy Graham, obviously, you know, the previous regime thought it was a good idea to pair um, him up with Cole Komet. And I think that getting someone that can, you know, you know, it was a little bit more the tight end. That's the type to go out there and get it, um, you know, can run the fade route to the back of the ends and just be that, you know, size mismatch nightmare. Box out. Yeah, the box out kind of basketball style tight end. Um, I think Jelani Woods and, you know, playing out of Virginia, the man was just, you know, big. I mean, six foot seven, 275 pounds. I mean, That's, that's crazy. A, that's a unit at tight end. Um, and I, I think that um, the one the one tight end that really intrigued me in this draft was Isaiah Likely um out of uh coastal carolina yeah. uh, but that was the one that i was thinking about possibly pulling the trigger on but i think that as far as value goes later on later on i'm um, spending a, a later pick on a tight end is something that i actually like didn't do myself but i i like the move
0: a little side tangent i remember back when i was working at i was watching this film with this high school uh prospect that didn't only play d tackle but also played quarterback. So he was just That's an excellent. absolute unit. dude. He was a freaking unit of a quarterback, man. Um, but it, it was, it, it was awesome. I should say. Um, anyways,
1: it, <laughs> it was it, hilarious. <laughs> it, I
0: don't want to say hilarious. Cause that means like I'm talking down on it, but it was just sick. It was like, this dude was just an absolute unit of a human being. Yeah. Um, but it kind of reminds me rest in peace. The, the, the CFL quarterback, uh, he, he ended up being in the CF or no AFL quarterback um, that was drafted by the New York Giants.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm blanking what, on his name. What was his name? you talking about? Yeah, the who passed guy. away
0: recently? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Rest his soul. But man, that like that that was the size of guy you were talking. I, I'm sure we can figure it out. But um, anyways, let's move on. Uh, my final pick, round six, pick seven safety smoke Monday okay. uh, Auburn uh, weird because I think he brings like a really good mentality to a team like he's not he's not gonna be that athletic guy you know he's just not he's not a freak athlete he's not particularly good but he plays with a demeanor he hits hard and he's just in my opinion a good player Auburn again like Auburn I remember when we were younger Auburn was a good team you know they yeah. have not been relevant at all lately um and i think he could be a little bit of a pride about that i mean they don't have a good defense they don't have a good offense they, they really have nothing um i like smoke monday i think he, great name jared lorenzo thank you reese jared lorenzo Lorenzo. L- lorenzen that's yeah. right um yeah that's who we were talking about previously um passed away unfortunately uh, but smoke monday cool name really cool name um and i think like Putting him at strong safety, I think that could work out with Eddie Jackson. I think he I think he would excel in the cleanup duty. You know, like yeah. I don't think you want him to be your starting free safety. No team should want him to be your starting free safety. But putting him in that strong safety position, allowing him to clean up for Eddie Jackson, love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say about Auburn. I mean, I guess they haven't been extremely relevant, you know, the past few years in college like football. Tw- they gave- mean, when was the
0: last time? Like 2014, 2018? 16 maybe when was the last time they were ranked in the top 10
1: oh it's not as long ago as you would think I, really I promise you that yeah no way um i don't think it's that long ago all right well we'll but keep looking up yeah like i think um honestly that auburn secondary is one that i liked roger mccreary obviously got a lot of talk um i think smoke monday was a was an important part of that secondary as well um i think you made a a fair comment on, you know, his ability to strong safety. I think he could fit into our defense well about it and also still plays, you know, well enough in coverage. So, um, you feel pretty confident about him moving up and down the defense, uh, playing him in coverage, playing him in some high zone, but also, um, dropping him down into the box to, to get into the shuffle and the run.
0: So I'm actually an idiot because they technically did rank in 2020 in the top 10 for, uh, a couple weeks, but the last time they finished in the top ten, which was, was kind of referencing, was twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah, and they were ranked ten. So, which, and then the beyond that, I mean, they they were ranked two in twenty thirteen, which I remember that year they were they were fire.
1: That would have been the camp Newton year.
0: What is it then? Twenty four. Yeah, you're right. Twenty.
1: And 2013. They, yeah, you're right because he came out
0: in 2014. They
1: beat Oregon, right, to win the national championship. I think
0: I can't remember honestly, dude. I, I think
1: that's what happened.
0: But yeah, you think, you
1: know more than me. I think he might have been playing Mariota. I think it's possible.
0: No, no. Ohio State played Mariota in 2015 in the championship that they beat him.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. I'm getting that all mixed up. I still think they might have played Oregon. But yeah.
0: Whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Did Ohio State win in 2015 or did they win in 2013? 2015 they, they, was the first year of the college play football out. playoff. Yeah,
1: I think it was. Yeah, it was either 2014 and 2015. So I think it was 2015, and they yeah. beat Oregon and oh, they beat Alabama in the semifinal.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That oh that Ohio State team man was
1: stacked, dude. Yeah.
0: They had Joey Bosa. I think Nick Bosa was. Uh, he wasn't a starter, but I think he was on the team. Um. They had Mike. They had. Uh, they had Von Bell. They had uh, Mike Th- Michael Thomas. Yep. They had 12 gauge dude. He yep. was a freaking star. They were they shouldn't have even been in the in the top four, but they blew out Wisconsin so bad that it was ranked like I think they were ranked fifth. Wisconsin was ranked fifth. Ohio State yeah. was ranked sixth. And they just blew them. I mean, twelve gauge put on a show, sixty to zero. I
1: think it was like six, yeah, sixty three and nothing or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, Zeke. And then during the season, they have uh Zeke, JT Barrett, um, who and, got injured in Michigan game. Yeah, that defense was disgusting. Though.
0: And and Brax was that Braxton Miller got was the original starter that year before he became a wide receiver the next year, wasn't he? It
1: may have been. Wow.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, that was the year because I think Braxton Miller got injured against Virginia Tech, and then I think JT right. Barrett took over, was having a good season, then he gets injured against Michigan, and then 12-gauge takes over. And then Braxton Miller became a decent wide receiver, got drafted by the Texans, I think, and then did nothing.
1: <laughs> Big yeah. crescendo into nothing an finish. But Seriously. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that was a nuts team
0: you know who i thought would have been better who was the running back that year for ohio state that oh god you know the year that j the the really terrible even i can admit it, the fourth and one that ohio state definitely didn't get against michigan but the refs gave it to
1: them the one that's on the ravens right now dobbins mm. are you talking about quarterback or running back running back running back is it jk dobbins he was a freshman that year i
0: think sorry guys you're gonna have to listen to this like final college football talk for the end of the podcast
1: like what was that year like 2017 yeah i
0: think so he was a freshman i think in 2017 oh i know who i'm talking about i'm thinking of mike weber oh
1: yep that's a name 25 that's, 25 that's mike who, weber yep
0: that's who I was thinking about. He was a he was a uh no, he was a sophomore in that game or he was a freshman in that game. I can't remember. And I remember that dude when he just entered college, he was a baller. And I thought when he came to the NFL, I thought he was going to do really good. But he uh I think he came out in like 20 2020 2019ish. He was drafted 2019. He was drafted in the 7th round and uh I think he's yeah, he's on the Cowboys now.
1: Interesting. But uh,
0: yeah, dude, I remember dude that dude Mike was Weber. good. Yeah. He was good. He was the Zeke successor, I think. Uh, yeah,
1: I forgot about him entirely, but he was he was raw. He was good. Yeah. I think his number literally was 25, I do believe. He was fucking Yeah. He yeah, he out.
0: was 25. He he was 25 for I mean, sure. JK I'm looking Adonis at it right was now. Two. Yeah. And and they were good together, but who was yeah. just
1: this year before? Um, oh, it was Justin Fields. I'm such an idiot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who was just this year before CJ
0: Stroud, bro? But, dude, people uh, people forget it was going to be, before it was Justin Fields, before he transferred, it was going to be Tate Martell.
1: Tate Martell. Retired. Ohio State just lost that recent quarterback that was to Texas, who was like a huge, he had a huge NIL oh. deal. I got the, like, mullet he's kind of an
0: awkward quarterback to watch like he's good but he he doesn't he plays a position kind
1: of weirdly <laughs> i looked up texas um qb texas UT. qb's 2022 and hudson card <laughs> <laughs> quinn ewers or ewers, ewers. Yeah, what, yeah however you pronounce it
0: but yeah Dude, that's so crazy man and then bo Nix, where's bo Nix
1: at i think did he go bo Nix go to florida
0: I think he might be in Oregon. I think he went to Oregon.
1: That's right. You're talking right? about the Auburn quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, Oregon. That's right. You're right.
0: There you go. Yeah, because he was a huge prospect, but yeah. he kind of became a laughingstock.
1: Stop recording, or is this has this been the podcast?
0: I'll. This is the podcast, man. I'll, I'll cut out a little bit of it, but <laughs> yeah. We can stop recording now. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs> is this the podcast? Are we podcasting currently or are we just...